1: or miss. episode 70 trevor crane is an 11 time number one international best-selling author and the founder of epic author publishing he is also the host of the greatnessquest.com podcast and co-founder of superkidsbooks.com trevor's mission is to help publish thousand new authors and help people take their life and their business to the next level, no matter how successful they already are. He helps his clients generate millions of dollars in bottom-line profits. Trevor is also a sought-after speaker, trainer, and coach. His unique common-sense approach, along with his humor, wit, and infectious energy, allows him to connect with any audience. Trevor Crane, what a pleasure to have you here, hi. My pleasure to be here. It's so great and I've been waiting to this conversation and I just shared with our audience what you've done until now. I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading?
0: Well, as you heard, I've uh, and as you described in my bio there, I've done a pretty good job helping, uh, writing some books myself. And what I think is more important than my story, and I would love to give all your listeners right now one of my books, and I'll give them that as a free gift. Wow. But I think the more important thing is that um, I help you tell your story. Um, I've been, I struggled to publish my first book for over 20 years, oh. and hey, you- That is uh, me failing miserably (laughs) to just put words on a piece of paper and get that book published. But there's a lot of reasons why. And I finally broke down and hired my first mentor who helped me write my first book. And then using his guidance and help, I was able to 10x my income. So if your listeners right now can just imagine what that would be like, add a zero to the back of your income on the most money you've ever made. And that's what happened for me inside the first 12 months that I published my first book. Uh, so if your audience likes more money, then I, I think learning to tell your story and turn it into a story that inspires others and, and write a book that becomes your most powerful marketing tool is like, I think, the cat's meow. I don't know if, if that's a thing. Is there, is there a thing that's the cat's meow? <laughs> that's <laughs>
1: what I'm
0: passionate about now. My daughter is 11 years old. She has 10 number one best-selling books and she, wow, working on two more, and we teach a little kids book writing workshop and stuff. So I'm excited about the power of storytelling, and like I said, more important than my story, I believe, is the story of every person who's listening right now and learning how to tell that story in such a way that it connects with their core audience so that it inspires them and motivates them and gets them to say, you know what, I'm gonna hire you. I wanna work with you. I, for some reason, I trust you. That's a powerful storyteller.
1: Hmm. I want to ask you, what made you try to publish your first book for 20 years?
0: Okay, so um, I'm one of those unique Americans that when I was in my um, when I was when I was in my 20s, I got a passport. <gasps> what? You got a passport?
1: <laughs> I
0: did. I the rest of the world has passports and they travel all around the place, but uh, we didn't. And most people I knew. So when I was 20, I bought a one-way ticket from Phoenix, Arizona, to Paris, and I ended up traveling for over two years in Europe and in Australia, New Zealand, and. A variety of things. And this is pre-internet. That doggone Al Gore hadn't created the internet yet. And so I would, keep, I would send a lot of letters and postcards. And, uh, and, and what happened is I had friends and family keep my letters and postcards and say, wow, this is cool. Trevor, you should write a book. And so I came home thinking, you know what, I'll write a book and it'll be called uh, A Backpack and a Smile. Because every place I went, I had a great time and all I carried with me was my book. But I never wrote that book. It's not like I didn't work on it. Hey, I I did, I thought that it made a lot of sense and I I was inspired by others telling me that my story might make a difference to somebody, but I was just confused about it. And so all of the work I put towards that book and all of the work that I put towards the next book idea and all of the work that I put towards the next one, all of those were just massive failures, Oh, uh, massive failures in that I spent time on it. it. I deluded myself to thinking that I was writing my story, my book, my whatever, but there was something that held me back from ever publishing any of them and getting them done. And I've come to learn what a lot of those things were, but uh, it started because somebody said I was cool. <laughs> and I said, okay, yeah, I am. I, I My story matters. I should tell people the story. And then I didn't get it done. This is a very important thing. I think most people fail to get their books done or to finish the projects that they start because they're confused about what it is and how it's going to be used and who cares and all of that. And we get, we, we self-doubt ourselves and yada, yada, yada. I, 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 if there's a wrong way to get your book done, I've, I probably have done it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what made the difference with the first successful book? Well, the difference my main advice, my number one advice
0: to anyone who wants to create a result they've never created before is that you get help. So if there's, if anybody's taking notes, they're like, what does Trevor have that could help me today? Just basically get help. Find a mentor who's already been through the jungle. You know, there is a path, even the, the famous story of alice and not alice in wonderland uh dorothy and the wizard of oz hmm. when dorothy lands in oz she wants to go home right her house was picked up by a tornado and it was taken to a strange new land and she's like where am i gonna go oh my gosh i want to go home and she told the little people who were there and she's like i just want to go home and they said you know what the path is actually right in front of you it's called this yellow brick road you just need to follow it hmm. and then when you get there you know, you, you know, the path will take you to the Wizard of Oz and then he will grant your greatest wish. Well, when you know where you want to go, in this case, home or Kansas or the Wizard of Oz, like you need the path. And you can go through the woods on your own without staying on the path. But we both know what happens there. You, get, you, get, uh, you fall asleep in the poppies and you get carried away by some flying monkeys. And there's, there's lions and tigers and bears in the woods. Oh no, like it's horrible. But if you find a guy, who can just walk you down the path? They've already been there before. They're like, hey, hey, hey don't go there. There's quicksand. That, that's gonna, that's gonna, that, that, that's that's a dead end. That's going the wrong direction. So the difference was I hired a mentor. I see. And I came to a mentor all fired up. You may notice I get a little excited about things. So I came to him and I'm like, oh, I have this great <laughs> idea. I'm like, there's this, when I lost everything and I filed a $2.2 million bankruptcy, I, far, I foreclosed on my homes, oh, on my wow. houses, my cars were repossessed. Um, my woman that I was in love with took our two year old daughter and left me and left the state. And I was, and I was like, I felt helpless, hopeless. I just was like the biggest loser on the planet. And like, who would ever want to listen to me ever again? And so the thing that saved my life during that time frame, that, so that I didn't literally like slip my wrist or something was this core question I asked called what's the gift that's it. What's the gift? What's the gift in this? And I went to my first book mentor when I finally broke down and swallowed my pride and said, you know what? Maybe this book thing, I need some help. <laughs> so I hired a mentor <laughs> who was not just good at writing books himself, but he had built several million multi-million dollar businesses behind his books and hundreds of other people. So I was like, dude, if you can help other people, I've seen some of them. those guys you helped, maybe you could help me. Like the measure of a mentor is the people that he's helped Not just that he or she has done it themselves. So I hired him, came to him, all fired up with my first book idea. (gasps) And it's about this poem. It's called, What's the Gift? It saved my life. And and it goes like this. Uh, Thank you, God, for loving me and giving me the gifts I need for every moment of every day, millions of miracles come my way. And in the morning when I rise, I see your love shining through my eyes. A reflection of you I see inside of me guided by love. I'll always be. And this poem to me is comes down to the words. What's the gift? What's the gift? Even the tragedy shit, even the stuff we don't like, I will go ahead. And I try to find the gift in it. And this saved my bacon. And I thought, Oh, this would be my book. It would make so much sense. I went to my mentor and he's like, dude, great book. Great idea. I love it. He goes, but I'm a little confused. Are, Are you a poet? (laughs) who <laughs> are, you, are you? Are you writing a book of poetry? Like, I'm kind of confused. Like, how did this save you? Like, what does this have to do with your business, your message, your movement, who you're trying to help? And I was like, oh, and he didn't actually tell me it was a bad idea. He asked me questions. So I came to my own resolution. I was like, shit, maybe, I'm, maybe this isn't my first book. So then I came to him with another great idea about how a lesson I learned from my grandfather had passed away. And he asked me questions about that one. He's like, dude, I, I don't think that's it either. And so basically because I went to my mentor and I got help, he helped me find the right first book. So instead of writing those other books, which I had wasted time thinking about and all that stuff and even working on, we came up with a new idea of what I did best for other people. I know that your podcast is all about how we add more value to our clients and how that is the shift in business. And this is what I did. He said, Trevor, what do you do best? And I was like, well, I, I helped. And we talked about it and I had a really long-winded, awful way of describing it. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while to figure it out. And he said, Trevor, it sounds like you're really good at helping people get high-paying clients. Because as a coach and consultant, that's I've been working as a consultant for years. And people came to me and I helped them sell faster, do better marketing and get high paying clients. Like let's say anything over a thousand dollars, $10,000, hundred thousand dollars. I could help them close that deal really fast. He's like, why don't you write a book about that? And it wasn't exactly that conversation, but I'm trying to summarize it for today's purposes. I wrote a book about what I do best that gave the most value to my ideal target audience. And it scared the bejesus out of me because I put all my best stuff in my book. And Tell you what, okay, I wrote that book in 24 hours, though. So for wow. years, I screwed it up and they wrote the wrong book on the wrong things that were powerful and inspiring, but confusing. So instead, when I wrote about what was scariest to me, which was giving away the thing that I'd been paid six, seven figures for help console people, mm-hmm. like I'm like, oh, but if I do that and I put it all in my book, which, by the way, is, is called high paying clients, then people will not hire me. They're going to learn all my secrets. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't give it away. Baloney. What ended up happening is by giving away all of my secrets, by putting it on the book, I ended up helping more people and having more people trust me, believe in me, want to come to me, and then ask, Trevor, can I please hire you? Like, holy Mm. baloney. It was (laughs) the right book. It just, everything transformed.
1: Trevor, it's a beautiful story. And I would like to ask you, you know, that we are talking to mainly to entrepreneurs. And I would like to ask you, what is your best advice to entrepreneurs? What can you advise any entrepreneur that listen to us right now uh, in regarding to customer focus or marketing or sales, which you Mm. just told us? that you are really great in doing. So what would be your best advice?
0: Uh, I already gave it to, if I was to give one thing, it's to get help. So if you look at a business and whoever's listening right now, if you are in business for yourself, or you're an in, if you're an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, and you work with another organization, or you just want to launch your own thing, the business has three parts, leads, sales, and fulfillment. So number one leads leads means that you need marketing. Like a lot of people who have sold something in the past, think they're pretty good at what they do, whether it's a product or a service. And then when they find a good referral, they people come to them. If they're a financial advisor or if they're in any kind of service based industry, then people come to them and they, and they, they, they more like if they get a good referral, that's not even a sales process. They just kind of, someone has already sold them for them. They got a referral and then they, 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 they can get confused and think they're good at sales. But but let's, but let's just focus on this. They will often think they're good at closing and making sales, because they have gotten organically, they've, they've made a sale. They've sold their widget, they've sold their service, and it's worked. What they typically need is more marketing. They need the qualified leads coming in the door, knocking on the door, saying, hi, could I please come buy your cookies? But What happens is, mm-hmm. is that a lot of people don't know how to create those leads on demand. So the question that everybody should be thinking of here is, where is your biggest challenge? And there's only three of them, leads, sales, or fulfillment. And I would challenge everybody that you need to be improving all of them. They're all of your, they're, they're, I don't care, it's me and you and everybody. And I don't care if you're Apple, you have the same challenge. If you're Steve Jobs, which isn't here anymore, but if you, I don't care of the business, you need leads. If you don't have leads and doing something that you do with a paid advertising dollar to get uh, somebody's attention so that they can come even know that you exist. The biggest problem most entrepreneurs have is obscurity. Nobody knows who the hell you are. They don't know who you are. They don't know what you do. And so most people need help with leads. And if they just had enough leads, then they could figure out how to close them. And then the big, another challenge that people have is fulfillment. Because when you do not have an automated, systematic process to fulfill a client, what happens is people will finally focus on leads. And they'll do some marketing. And they'll, or they'll, they'll take my advice and they'll get some help and they'll hire someone to help them. Generate leads and, and spend money, and this is very specific, spend money to get a potential client and then put them through your sales process of seduction, not, 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 not manipulation, but seduction. They don't need you, but they want to work with you, and a proper sales cycle does that. It seduces someone, and everybody, you and me, we all love to be seduced. We don't like to be pitched. We don't like to be sold, but we do love to be seduced. Ooh, it's sexy. <laughs> so then the, then there we got to do that. But then the challenge is is people who finally figure out some marketing and they get some leads and then they close some sales. They're so excited. Then they fail at fulfillment or fulfillment now boggles their mind. It's overwhelming. I used to do this. I used to add new clients and then I was like, "Uh-oh. Oh shit. I just I just added five new clients. Like uh, I got to put my head down. I can't focus on marketing because I can't take any more leads because I can't do any more sales calls because I got to deal with my fulfillment. I got to now fulfill on all my promises. Most people need to improve one or more of those three things. And then once you've done, you've improved them, you got to do it again and you got to do it again and you got to do it again. So I guess my one other lesson for everyone is that there's no one thing. You, it, it is never stopping. Mm-hmm. You, you never finish. Once you figured out how to do marketing in one area, you need to figure out how to do the next and the next and the next. Once you figure out how to sell to one type of person, you know, you got to go back to the beginning. At, once you've you finished, you got to start over again. Because if you look at all the businesses that go out of business, there's one, there are the businesses that got satisfied and satiated and comfortable instead of learning how to go ahead and take it to the next level. We will always, the one thing, is that you've always got to be improving so the question is discover which of the three areas you need to attention with which is marketing sales and fulfillment which would needs your attention now most and typically it's marketing or sales typically not always and then get some help find someone who can help you and just be Dorothy man don't try to be the Wizard of Oz you're not you're not the Wizard of Oz but when you're Dorothy and you follow <laughs> the golden path you get there to the Emerald City and then you're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I had it
1: inside of me the whole
0: time, you know.
1: That so. Until the until the night came and helped you to get it out, yeah. Trevor, I would like to ask you. I know you have had successes, and we'll talk about it in a minute. But I would like to ask you, what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers, the one that affected? Your entrepreneurial journey, the most, and I'm not uh, really talking about um, about failing in publishing the book, but I'm talking about some kind of failure with these customers that you just talked about.
0: Okay, I'm gonna give an answer here. It's a great question, and I'm gonna answer this, and I'm gonna ask every, I'm gonna ask you, the listener, right now, to consider where you are making this mistake in your life currently. Because as I say it, it's going to be easy to get caught up into my story about how I screwed things up. And what I want you to consider is where in your life are you currently running this pattern? Because I will guarantee you there's an area. And if you don't know where it is yet, that's fine. Keep looking for it. But I'm going to challenge everybody listening right now that the pro- the number one mistake that I made, and I'm probably I'm still making because I have to take my own medicine, is lying. Mm. And wow. it's about being inauthentic. It's about saying one thing and doing another. Now, see, I am not a man who believes I am a liar. So like, I, yeah, the integrity is one of my highest values. But if I'm to be honest, there are still places in my life that I at least lie to myself. And maybe these are old patterns wow. I've had that are limiting beliefs of I can't do that. Or I hear something like this on the podcast and I say, oh yeah, I'm good at that, I already do that, I knew that. Well, if you are not demonstrating it in your life, you don't know it. And if you can't teach Mm -hmm. it to another human, you don't know it. And I have find myself, and I just recently uh, talked about this on my podcast, about how I have been caught myself, I did it again, with a mentor, he told me something, or she told me something, and I'm listening, and I'm like, oh my God, I do that, I'm so proud of myself, pat myself on the back, really? Like, am I demonstrating it? Does my bank account reflect it? Because when we are inauthentic, and I'll be specific here, I was running, I was making millions of dollars. I, I finally get, I hit the million-dollar mark, and I was, like, so excited for myself, so proud of myself, patting myself on the back, I had employees. <laughs> I, could, I could leave the country and come back, and my business had grown, and I was so proud of myself. And I had a business partner, and I didn't like him anymore. Like he, I didn't like the way he did business. I didn't, I just, I didn't like hanging out with him. Like have you ever looked around your circle of influence and you're like, eh, I don't want to hang with that person. And so I stopped talking to him and I didn't, oh. I, 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 I didn't call it a lie. I'm a guy. So like, I'm like, if I don't say it, <laughs> then it's not a lie. But I, I didn't, I didn't speak with authenticity. I didn't communicate with him. I just, I poorly communicated with him over a period of time. And he, and I just, I was short with him and I didn't tell the truth. I didn't tell him what I was feeling or thinking or whatever. We didn't have it out. We had a working relationship. And instead of just being a man and owning up to what I thought and how I felt and being authentic. And I didn't lie to him, but I didn't tell him my truth. What ended up happening is he thought I was screwing him. He thought, because he could feel the difference in our communication. And, and I would delude myself saying, I'm a man of integrity. I am authentic. I'd say what I mean, and I mean what I say, and I do what I say I'm going to do. And instead, he thought I was, must be screwing him, and so he hmm. screwed me. And it caused <gasps> my bankruptcy. Um, he oh. ended up filing. Um, he ended up forging some pa- some documents, and this is my vault vo- that I could tell you my victim story. <gasps> he did this stuff to me. Oh, he did baloney. Now for two years, I lied to myself, calling this guy a jerk, and that he'd done all these things against me to hurt me. But the truth is, it wasn't until I looked in the mirror and owned it and took responsibility and said, "You know what? The guy who's responsible for this is the dude looking right back at me." while I'm brushing my teeth. It's not this hmm. his fault, it's mine. I dropped my lawsuit, I dropped everything, I sold all my belongings that were involved in this business uh, to him for pennies on the dollar to just let it be done and I called him up and I said I am sorry, I apologize, it was my fault, and I just wanna make things better. Now it does, not, it does not take the onus of him doing things that were wrong away, But I I got my power back. And when I have found that I have the biggest failure with customers, it's when I'm I'm full of the same, uh, when I'm finding myself full of shit. If I start talking Mm -hmm. out my butt (laughs) instead of talking about my truth, now I teach and train on only things that I actually demonstrate in my life. Everything else is hyperbole. It's possibility. I sometimes talk about what I what I hope I'm going to do and it's going to be amazing and I will do that, but I am very clear that I have or have not done this in the past. I think honesty and integrity and our lack of that when we communicate with our customers and our partners, which is, or sometimes our biggest customer are the people we close right. with. That has been my biggest mistake.
1: Wow. Wow, what a story. Thank you for sharing that with us. And now I would like to ask you, the story about your greatest, most significant success, as a result of the right customer focus, or something you did right about approaching your customers.
0: Ah, uh, what I, like a, a result that I've had that I was happy with, or a result that a client has had, or, or what, or
1: what you called a success
0: mm-hmm.
1: as a result with the right approach to your clients or the right relationship with the clients or something that you did right about approaching your customers or your potential customers in order to have them as customers?
0: Okay, so the biggest successes that I feel proud of are the ones that uh, are are twofold. Um, One are the testimonials that I get from clients. So when a client has a result and they tell me, thank you, and they've gotten a result, every one of those is my biggest win. And that's Mm. tough to to go ahead and say one is bigger than another. Uh, you know, when my clients become number one bestsellers, that's always awesome. When I see them in tears celebrating their results, that's always huge. Um, I more measure my success based on my client's results than I do just my own. It's great when I make sales, but I just know how I'm wired and how I feel uh, successful. And that's when my clients are able to duplicate or improve upon my own results. And so that happens across the board. And oftentimes that happens daily. It definitely happens weekly that I get testimonials and results back. And a lot of them stem from the books that I have. Like I have, sometimes people will read a book that I've put out, and they'll say that they applied it, and they got a result. That's a win for me, when my clients win. Now, I would say one of the most profound is twofold with my daughter. So my daughter wrote her first book when she was seven years old and became a bestseller when she was eight. When she was eight <laughs> years old, she wow. actually printed her first book, because the first one came out in a digital format. And so she's eight years old, and she's reading her book for the first time, and uh, the book she wrote, and she did all the artwork for. And she cried when she first held it in her hands, because she was so proud of herself. Mm -hmm. And then she laughed so hard, she fell off her chair at her own jokes that she wrote in the book. Like, (laughs) that was part one of those partial wins where I felt very proud. And that was a huge win for me to have like, I believe everybody should write a book. And I believe that there is a powerful business behind every book. So the second part of the, my most, my greatest success, I think, is when my daughter just two weekends ago, before we went on a vacation to the Bahamas, we just got back from a week in the Bahamas doing all kinds of fun stuff with the family. Uh, my daughter and I just days before uh, taught a workshop to kids because the mission that I helped my daughter... Create when she was seven years old was to find a business behind her message of her book. Now, her book was about three ninja kitties, which she made up on the spot. She was standing there next to the refrigerator when I was talking to her about it. She's like, Daddy, I know. And I was trying to inspire her with these great book ideas because I believe everybody should write a book. I believe that your message matters. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, and whatnot. I believe that it matters and you should share this with the world, and especially kids. They're so creative. I want to capture. And I wanted, and I still want, to capture my daughter's imagination forever. And I thought, I'm going to prove this. Instead of just talking about it as hyperbole, let's prove it. If my seven-year-old can write it, then I can <laughs> prove it. And if I can build a business behind that, like, what would that be? So two weekends ago, now my daughter's 11 now, so it's taken her a while to get the hang of like caring about the business and the vision and the mission that we created back then. But her book was written about the Three Ninja Kitties and standing at the refrigerator, she's like, Daddy, I don't want to write about that. I don't want to write about this. I was giving her all these great inspired ideas. Hey, you know that game we play? Let's write a book about that. No, 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 no. She said, Daddy, I want to write about what I love and I love my kitties. And she started telling me the story of the Three Ninja Kitties. And I handed her my iPhone and I hit record and I said, tell me the story. That became her first book. And what we did was I needed to get creative because, hey, I don't have any idea. I mean, honestly. What the, what business are you going to have behind a seven-year-old's book about Ninja Kitties? I don't have any idea. <laughs> I didn't know. But what I did is I knew that the book is the beginning. It's it's capturing somebody. It's getting the lead. It becomes the marketing. To sell what? To help people with what? And so that's what I needed to answer for she and I. And so I looked at her, and I was like, we talked about it. And we decided that this was kind of a fun project for us. And why don't we create a course and a workshop and a program behind this helping other kids publish their books. So two weekends ago, so this, is, this took years to actually manifest. But two weekends ago, we taught, um, we, we taught I had 11 kids sign up for our workshop. Wow. We, we um, offered the kids a book writing workshop. And the 12th book that she wrote was one we wrote during the workshop. And we wrote it with the other 11 kids in the room and all their parents because the parents showed up to learn how to do this. And we already have a course for it. And then I bonused everybody who took our workshop the course if they joined our membership program. So they joined a membership program, and we made a little upsell offer to help these kids publish their own books. And we have a scholarship program involved where they – if they finish their books – then my paying clients that come to me for, uh, in my publishing company called Epic author publishing, every one of my new clients will sponsor a kid in our super kids book writing program. Hmm, Wow. That's beautiful. Your book. Thank you. Um, and so at the end of this weekend or this one day workshop, my daughter made her first thousand dollars. Now she's made other money, other things, but at that one workshop, she it was just under a thousand, so let's call it nine hundred. I don't want to exaggerate, so let's call it nine hundred dollars. But uh, talking about truth, yeah. <laughs> so she it was over nine hundred dollars that she made in one workshop, and to see it come full circle, and to see how proud she was of herself, and she's a little kid. She doesn't want to fulfill on all that. She doesn't want to meet me today and even work on it. I have to help. I'm the boss. Like I, I we're a partnership. I have to still help her fulfill. Uh, on our promises that we made there. But I'm very, very proud of that result. You should be. My daughter.
1: I think it's a great success. Without the connection to the book, which I think is it's amazing, I think our kids are our best success. <laughs> now I would like to ask you, can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus, marketing on sales. And I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for those tools that the successful people that I'm interviewing use themselves.
0: Hmm. I, I don't know if I can give you one. I can give you three. <laughs>
1: Let's go for that.
0: Okay, let's do it quick. Go for it. So, one of them is my gift to your audience. Um, and it's my book, It's uh, well, I'll give you two books because I mentioned my first book, High Paying Clients. So, if your audience goes to trevorcrane.com forward slash free book, you get my first book. It's called High Paying Clients, and it can help an entrepreneur make a sale, like attract quality leads and close the deal quickly. Wow. It, there's a ton of bonuses that come with it. I put a lot of time into all the bonuses. There's so much support there. Trevor crane.com forward slash free book. Uh,
1: we'll have the link on our show notes and thank you for this gift. It's a beautiful gift, Trevor. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. I just hope I would say if you guys are going to get that book, I would not treat it as a free book. If you treat it as a free book, then you're probably going to get nothing from it. Um If, I don't know if you've ever been somebody hands you a sample when you go to like a, a a a sporting sporting event and they're handing out samples of stuff or you're walking down the street in Las Vegas and they hand you something. If you if you're, you get a flyer or something, if you paid nothing for it, you typically value it based on what you paid for it, which is nothing. And so people take the energy drink, the candy bar, the flyer, the whatever it is, my free book, and they throw it away. They treat it like a piece of crap. So treat it like you just paid two grand for my book and get accept a two dollars gift. And then you'll treat it with that type of respect. You'll get massive value from it. If you treat it like this free piece of shit you just got, then that's all it is. Don't even waste your time. But if you mm. if you treat it like it's a precious thing and you you give it that respect, and if you really invested that time, your money, which more powerful than money is your time, if you're gonna take the time to go ahead and get it and receive it and look at it, then get some value out of it. You apply that. So. My second tool is also very self-promoting, but it's honestly what I think is the biggest, best marketing tool. Because I think if a business is lead sales and marketing, I just taught you how to sell and attract people for no paid advertising dollars with my book, High Paying Clients, right? The other yeah. thing I would give away is trevorcranecom forward slash big money. And one of the books I published last year is called Big Money With Your Book Without Selling a Single Copy. That book does not tell you my stories of how cool Trevor is. I interview five other people that I've showcased in that book that tell their story. Now these are not Donald Trump and Richard Branson and Oprah Winfrey and other names of like famous people you've heard of. You've probably never heard of these people, but they're making big money with their books, using them as their most powerful marketing tool. And one of them writes a book, his book is called, uh, that I feature in the book, it's called uh, uh, Hot Dog Saved My Life. This guy has- (laughs) business. And I interviewed him and he made a fortune with his book called wow. hot dog saved my life. So that book will inspire you on how else you can serve your clients and find more ways to market and then make big money. Trevor crane.com forward slash big money
1: will be in the show notes as well.
0: You're so awesome. Um, uh, the third tool is not mine and won't be self-promoting at all, but, um, it's a book by Russell Brunson oh. and it's called expert secrets The book is called Expert Secrets. I don't have a link for this or anything, but- um,
1: We'll find this. Russell Brunson is the guy from ClickFunnels, isn't it? That
0: was gonna be my technology piece. I build all my funnels using Russell Brunson stuff. That book is phenomenal. People should treat it like their Bible. Uh, If Russell says something, I basically just, uh, he he is the best in the world, I think, at teaching something in a very simplistic way that uh, entrepreneurs can follow. I, I think it's phenomenal. His software tool is phenomenal. Uh, It helps you build great funnels. I love the guy, love his stuff. And if I was to pick one technology tool to use in business,
1: it would be ClickFunnels. Wow. So, uh, and we'll find the link and put it as well. And now I would like to ask you, you know, there are many things that um, affect one's success. However, I believe that every person has or, every successful person has his own factor that really affected them most. And I want to ask you, what is your key success factor? What made it for you?
0: Uh, consistency. Hmm. Consistency is the new currency. Nobody cares if you did a 30 day challenge. Now, I have a 30 day goal setting challenge I'm, I'm using right now as a, as, as a free gift in my marketing to try to help people get any goal. The new book I'm working on. And I'm taking on new clients to help them get goals really quickly. And I have a 30-day challenge and a 90-day challenge, and that's really cool. And I can brag about that till the cows come home and you will feel good about it. I will feel good about it. But the best success tool I've got is consistency. It's yeah, it's hard work, it's a lot of different things, but I can now and and notice I'm gonna share with you something that I I can I have a little bit of um experience with, and I'm not just talking about as hyperbole, like I know this is right, but I've not done it. Um I, a few years ago, after my bankruptcy, after I was building everything back, uh, I needed to make some shifts, my mindset, my behaviors, my beliefs, my behaviors. Uh, I know that if I match those two, they'll increase my bank account. And I decided that I would, I recognized that I did not like the word discipline. <laughs> I, I didn't even want <laughs> in my vocabulary. I didn't want anybody telling me what to do. Not even me. I could do anything (laughs) for a short period of time, for three months, six months, whatever it was. But then I would go back to eating like a dumbass, not working out, whatever it was. And and I would just, I had this phrase that I would say I'm consistently inconsistent. But (laughs) 2,804 days ago, I made the decision that I would become disciplined to work out every day and now 2804 days later i have exercised every single day in a row doesn't matter if i was on an airplane doesn't matter if i was stuck on an airplane you know it doesn't matter if i was sick vomiting my guts out i still found a way to stretch or whatever it was I have not missed a day in 2,804 days of exercising every day in a row. Now, the reason why I chose exercise, and it's not like I was Arnold Schwarzenegger in there building muscles you know, the <laughs> entire time. Like not just, I'm not only doing curls. I don't have like the most, you look at my body and be like, are you serious? You really do work out every day? <laughs> you know? but, no, but what I do, it's 20 minutes a day. I gave myself a simple discipline, but it was to prove to myself that I could actually be consistent with something. And that, and I chose something that was good for me, good for my family, and good for the greater good. See, I don't exercise anymore now for me. It has nothing to do with me anymore. You know, and, and I actually have to reinvest and push myself even harder to try to get personal health goals accomplished. Because my exercise goal is now for you. It's for my audience. It's when I get the chance to answer a question like this. It's for my clients. So when they tell me they can't do it, I'm like, dude. I have found a way to be consistent every single day. This is now, I don't exercise. I don't get up at midnight. Like sometimes I'll go to sleep at night and I'm like, oh, uh-oh, I forgot to work out today. And then at one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, I got to get up and exercise for 20 minutes. Why? It's not for me. It's not to look good, be good in front of the mirror. It's for you. It's for the people that I get the privilege of helping and serving. I made it to be a, a bigger deal for other people because I know that I'll only do so much for myself but I'll do everything for the people that I know, love and care about. So I made it about something bigger than me and consistency and implementation and execution are worship. Ideas are nothing. I love ideas and Mm. I can live in ideas all along, but there's nothing without execution. And if you execute for a week or two, that's fine. That's a happy dad. That's dandy, but 2000 days in a row. Now you're talking. So consistency Mm. is, is currency. If you can be consistent, not, you don't have to move mountains. And I know you're going to talk to me about mountains a little bit, but you don't have to move mountains. You just got to mm. go ahead and be consistent with the simple basics every day. If all you do is eat ice cream every day, you're going to have a problem. You know, not like you mm. can't have ice cream, but you got to be consistent with other things. Boy, I, I, I'm a long winded answerer. I apologize for that.
1: But I love this answer with con- uh, about consistency. And now we really came to my mountain question. And since I believe this journey of taking part after part in the mind of our consumers and taking some ownership of an idea, of a brand, of a feeling, I always see it as climbing mountain, step after step. And I love to ask my guests, and I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed a mountain or wish to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains yeah. in your life?
0: <laughs> okay. Three super fast mountain stories. Wait for it. Okay. So when I was a little kid growing up, I lived in Phoenix or I lived outside of Arizona, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. My dad uh, was a horseshoer, so I grew up the son of a horseshoer, and it seemed like we always struggled for money. One thing we didn't struggle for were horses. <laughs> <So> I, <laughs> I grew up with a pony, which makes me sound very spoiled, but like that pony kicked my ass when I was a little kid. Always just bucked me off and everything else. But my first mountain experience was climbing up to the top of uh, Lone Mountain, and at the time, it was huge. Like I was what four or five years old. I had this little pony. And my dad made me, that big mean guy made me climb to the top of the mountain with this pony, horse, whatever it was going up top of this mountain. And I thought at the time it was gigantic. I come to find out years later it's, just, it's not that big of a hill. But it was challenging for me <laughs> at the time. And I had to learn how to sit in the stirrups and sit in the saddle and lean forward when you're on your way up the hill and lean back when you're on your way down or you fall off. And I've got the scar on my chin to prove what happens when you fall off a horse and when you come down a mountain. So that was my first experience of climbing to the top of the mountain and the pride I had up at the top having overcome something difficult that I didn't think I could do without help. And I wouldn't have been able to do it. I'm sure I cried on the way, you know, and and I'm sure my dad beat me, not beat me, like physically got off and slapped me around. But like he, he, he mentored me through it, let's say, right. And I got to the top of the mountain. Um, And my second little mountain story is when my wife and I uh, got married. We got married in 2011. So on 11, 11, 11, 11, I married my wife and we went on a honeymoon. Mm -hmm. That's just because my wife knew I'm not good with numbers. So she wanted to make sure I could remember. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, on November 11th, 2011, yes, um, I uh, we went to, on our honeymoon, well, we got married, and then after that we went on our honeymoon <laughs> uh, to Panama, and one of the things we decided oh, yeah. to do was climb this volcano, and the only way to do wow. it was, well, not the only way, but the guides that would take us up to the top of this mountain uh, would start in the middle of the night, so we chose not to rent um, an apartment that night or a hotel or anything, and we just slept in our car for an hour or two. And so we slept from like 11 p.m. till midnight, (laughs) whatever it was, hours (laughs) in our rental car. And then we we met the guide at the base of the mountain and we climbed all night. So let's say from midnight till till daybreak and to get to the top of the mountain. And we climbed mostly in the dark and through clouds to get up to the top of this mountain. So that was precious. Um, and then the third story—that actually, that, that I, I told them out of sequence—that was the one I wanted to end with. But the third one, just to make sure that I, I answered my promise of those three stories, I wish <laughs> could send you a picture of me standing on top of a mountain I climbed when I was in Haiti. Um, Can you well- send me a picture? Okay, I could, but it's gonna be me when I was 20, and when and I had abs. Oh my god, it was like amazing. My hands up in the air. I'm like woohoo! And I was in, I was living in the Caribbean. I worked for Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines for a little while. I was living in Haiti, and I have this picture where my my stomach's all ripped, rippling with muscle, and I'm tan, which I'm a complete (laughs) pasty white guy. So it's like, what? He's tan, and I have hair. (laughs) <laughs> so it's like yeah, I've been and there's and I've got my hand up in the air, and I was all proud of myself up on the top of the mountain, and there's this beautiful um this ocean in the background, so those are my three mountain stories for you
1: those are great these are great stories, and I'm waiting to get at least one picture, one photo of your mountain stories. I just want to ask you, Trevor, what is the best way? To connect with you for any one of our listeners that would probably want to be in touch,
0: I give so much uh, stuff away at my website trevorcrane.com. So if people go there, they'll learn all kinds of resources about how to help them take their uh, write their book, um, grow their business. I have a website. Excuse me, I have a podcast called Greatness Quest. I've now done four or five years in a row. I have a wow. daily podcast with that that comes out now. You can follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn. YouTube. Uh, but go to TrevorCrane.com and you'll see, you'll find stuff. If you Google me, you'll find some things. You can find my books, blah, blah, blah. But TrevorCrane.com is the place to, to go. And then please reach out. And if you want any help, if I'm the type of guide that can support you in any way, then I would love to speak with you, help you. You can apply, yada, yada. And then I would love to support you.
1: Thank you for that. And Trevor, thank you for this interesting and inspiring conversation. I really enjoyed that. And I'm sure our listeners will enjoy it as well. Thanks.
0: You're welcome, Hayut. And I'm sorry for butchering your name, but I'm doing my best.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is a difficult name anyhow, and you're saying it wonderful. And thank you and take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.